good, y'all. It's your boy C Row Money Money that C dot R O double dollar sign, host of Nerd with Friends podcast. No code name tonight, but I am joined with a friend, a good friend of mine, met down at the good old FAU. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Nicole Fletcher to the show. Hey, everybody. So, how about you tell the listeners about yourself before we get started? You know, Chris, I actually hate that question. <laughs> it wasn't like, a question. It was a request. I mean, like, you know, the, <laughs> the question of what do you want to tell the people about yourself? You know, it's such a, oh. such a touching con- conversation. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm a really good friend and uh, I currently work in social work and it's not where I want to be right now in this climate but uh, (laughs) luckily I have good friends such as Chris who are doing things that you know I admire and I aspire to do so thank you for having me of course and (laughs) when Nicole gets her podcast up and running I hope to also be a guest of course (laughs) but as she alluded to these are some crazy times we are in and in these crazy times, it's always good to look back to simpler times, happier times. Nostalgia has swept through culture and media in the past couple of years. So this new series we're doing on the show is going to be a recap of the big three of networks of cartoons. And we're starting off with the OG Splat Nickelodeon. <laughs> Nickelodeon. That was always something sung to me. <laughs> it's, it's ingrained in your head. <laughs> like when I think about those those big three, I don't know what channels y'all had down down there, but here it was 34, 35, 36. Yep. Back to back to back. It's the same everywhere. I used to go to my grandmother's house in Virginia. Same for real. Back then, yeah. Back Damn. then it was because it was the rabbit ears. The rabbit ears was just, you know everybody's the same <laughs> you're right and and Nickelodeon I think was really out of those three the first one to like really make tv shows for kids and it shows with this insane lineup they had starting off in the 90s these shows are older than us for the most part they're they're big three and that's Doug Rugrats and Ren and Stimpy and outside of Rugrats, the other ones didn't last too long. But let's start this conversation off with Doug. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting that I'm looking at these premiere dates and they all aired on the same day. That's, they like hit the ground running with that one. Yeah. You know, this was their first shot at original um, cartoons when Nickelodeon was first created. You know, Nickelodeon was like, Back in the day, it was you'd go basically see a movie for a nickel. And when they <laughs> created this, it was like, kid, this isn't for kids. These are these old ass, old ass shit. Like nobody's doing this. And it was packaged in a deal with MTV. And they took a lot of the stuff MTV was doing at the time. You know, like they had like the trippy spaceman and all the colors flashing. <laughs> and they moved it over. They was like, hmm. If these stoners and druggies like this, maybe it's something for kids in here. Maybe their kids <laughs> will like this. <laughs> but that's how, we, sure. that's how we got all that crazy, like, the little orange dude walking. He slips on a banana peel. He turns into a splat. 
the mm-hmm. cowboys singing, the puppets, Nickelodeon. I didn't think about that. I was just watching some of the commercials and it had the old like doo-wop type mm-hmm. vibes. And at first it started off like uh, with, you know, people cartoons, uh, cartoon figures of people. Um, and then they ventured off and would have like zoo animals singing it. And so Crazy. I'm like- they really marketed to kids the same way that they pretty much market to adults. So. Right. And it's a, I, I feel like they cast a somewhat of a wide net because Rugrats could be for something for like the little kids. Doug is something for those a little bit older, you know, mm-hmm. Doug himself. I feel like he had more stuff I related to as I got older, as opposed to the stuff that I liked about Rugrats being babies. Yeah. You know, yeah. like Doug had, you know, he had his small group of friends. He had his dog. Yeah. Uh, I was talking about Skeeter when I said his dog, but he actually had a dog. Both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Pork Chop. Um, yeah. We all know Skeeter was black. Patty was black. Yes. Um, Patty could have been mixed, but yes, I agree. Okay. Okay. But, her, but they were the only people that looked black. Yes. Yeah. Then, um, but actually, were they? No, I feel like the Dinks were black. I felt like, you know, I always try to, which is a, a bad habit to generalize a group of cartoons. Like <laughs> <laughs> all the blue ones are black or all the, you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. But sometimes when you look at it, it kind of was like that. <laughs> and it was kind of how they acted too, you know? Like yes. you could tell like Skeeter was a brother. You went to his family, had all them. I mean, he had that badass Shout out little to brother. Representation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Dad was always angry about some shit. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. He was just a cool kid. Yeah, talk about representation, for real. And then, you know, they marketed again to the 90s Black community with, uh, because didn't Doug have a rapping episode? They had a couple of rapping episodes. Yes, okay, okay. So my memory serves me correctly. It was a few of them. It was a lot of rapping, a lot of music. Doug, that was another thing I liked about that show is that all the little cutaways, they did the cutaways before for Family Guy. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they were a little better. He was always imagining stuff in his dream. I, I still remember banging on a trash can, mm-hmm. drumming on a street light, playing on my banjo. One of the most overlooked fictional bands is the Beats. Yes. I should have freshened up on some Doug, but yeah. yes, I, I do recall. Hey, Doug had them bangers. I you killer tofu. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, you. But I but I see what you mean though about they they really did a really good job at um catering to different generations and or not generations but you know different types of millennials different ages it was something for the whole family because I do remember Doug and but my brother I had an older brother I have an older brother (laughs) he's not dead or anything um (laughs) (laughs) he used to watch a lot of Doug and my more focus was to Rugrats and you just reminded me too uh when we're talking about the show um, that what we were just an age older than a year older than the Rugrats. So that makes sense. And I was just going to say, I, I really attached to Rugrats because 
it was like I could understand this language mm-hmm. <laughs> this curiosity of being a baby you know what I mean and and not being far from that experience but also now sharing that experience with other people and then going to school of course that that was my favorite thing about tv um just when the boom of tv even happened or you know what I mean because we remember a time where there wasn't or mm-hmm. people didn't have TVs in their rooms and things like that, or in their house, let alone, right. or got these channels, you know what I mean? So yeah. when that boom happened, I do remember, you know, just being attached to um, the fact that I could look at these things and see myself within these things like Susie um, and, and then go to school and, you know, connect with people about these things, which is pretty much all social media is today you know what I mean our connection to media and right. that was Rug- the first of it Rugrats is the original Twitter meet mm-hmm. up did you see this I'm being mm-hmm. on the friends with premieres and stuff mm-hmm. that's another thing when you got older it turned into Dave Chappelle but hey know. say that for another episode yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to highlight what I liked about Rugrats was the specials they really they really like hit on everything they had a kwanzaa episode they had a hanukkah episode the mother's day episode was possibly one of the most touching episodes in children's animation yeah Um, yeah i i enjoyed uh the first thing i remember and this was uh, maybe in 98 because i definitely didn't have a tv before 98 or at least I wasn't able to touch a remote or know what a remote is or <laughs> any of that. Um, I remember the movie. That was the first time I went to the movies for the Rugrats movie. Mm. And then I remember, of course, when things came out right after the movies, you didn't have to wait a couple months. Um, they sold the VHS and it was orange. And it, yeah. was just, it was just something just so mesmerizing, so cool, like <laughs> about the brand of Nickelodeon. Paramount. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. CBS uh, All Access. That's pretty much. I figured that's going to be Nickelodeon's um, streaming service. You know, Disney has Disney Plus, Cartoon Network has HBO Max and Hulu. CBS uh, or Paramount Plus is what it's going to be called. I feel like that's that makes be, sense at this point. Yeah, it's the only one that doesn't have it. I'm interested to see. You know, like. A little known fact is that Doug actually was one of the first shows to leave um, Nickelodeon. I guess maybe they, their catalog just started to expand, but that actually shifted over to Disney. Mm. But, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like Rugrats really like was the SpongeBob of our time. When you look at the longevity yes. it had. The and- connection, the Yes. Yeah, like that was that was the staple for a while. And I agree. And I actually have something good to tell you. Well, not good to tell you, but something I thought about um, now that you mentioned uh, that, you know, although this didn't do as well as SpongeBob, but Rocco's Modern Life, I Mm. was rewatching Rocco's Modern Life and um, it was very, very mirror image SpongeBob, like really think about it. Um, Heifer and Patrick, <laughs> their similarities and the way that they live in this neighborhood and the way that the kind of the house is a little bit and 
Um, the fact that, you know, Gary and he had the dog and just that he was this effeminate male. Spunky. Yeah. Yeah. Spunky and Gary and yeah, but. Oh, yeah. SpongeBob. Um, Rocco, Rocco being kind of like sort of this beta. Very metrosexual. Very. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of just, I'm just doing my job. I'm just yeah. You're not really life. sure what they like. Yeah. But it, it doesn't matter because it's still a pivotal character that you're able to connect with. But I will say at least Rocco like went on dates. He showed an attraction to women. SpongeBob did it. <laughs> Never ever. <laughs> no, Never, that's ever. not true. He uh didn't he take Pearl to the prom? <laughs> because okay, okay. Mr. Krabs was like, why don't you go with SpongeBob? <laughs> he had charm. Anyway. <laughs> he had a little book. And that's nasty. Right, he's right. he a grown ass man. <laughs> took out a prom damn how old is pearl pearl don't i mean he did when he first met sandy okay we're gonna we're getting off topic because i just love spongebob but um <laughs> when he first <laughs> they was none but friends he doesn't want to be first, her friend when he first my boy, met sandy my boy rocco was out here on dates with other wallabies you don't remember that girl he had a love interest <laughs> rocco had a love interest my dog well, oh, what was his name gilbert the turtle yes <laughs> My dog had little mutant babies with the cat with the hook hand. <laughs> yeah, that was a good show. I uh, I don't think Rocco Modern Life got the respect it earned. We it only ran for like three years too, but I think yeah. it got a big following afterwards. We like that wasn't one of the ones that went to MTV too. I don't think so. Or you, mm-hmm. you keep mentioning um, MTV, so we're going to have to address the elephant in the room of Ren and Stimpy. Oh, <laughs> yes. I, we did kind of skip over Ren and Stimpy, and I shouldn't have, because I yeah. feel like <laughs> <laughs> I was a wild show. Here's my relationship with Ren and Stimpy. Like I said, those first three shows, Doug, Rugrats, Ren and Stimpy, it went from the little kids of Rugrats, older kids and Doug, and adults got Ren and Stimpy. That's that's how I looked at it. And when I say adults, I'm thinking more older high school. Because yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> now because, that I think about that, you mentioned it, yes. Yeah, because any adult watching this, there's something wrong with them, especially if they don't have kids. But if they do have kids, it's even worse. Because this show was very raunchy. And when that yes. went to... Um, what was it when it went to spike tv remember spike i do remember spike yeah i do when remember it, watching ren and stimpy and feeling like I sh- i'm not supposed to be watching this but i'm gonna when, watch it when it made it to spike tv in the early 2000s it got bad they let it be what it was meant to be and i remember watching it like oh i remember this when i was little ren and, stimpy. and then i remember the scene specifically <laughs> Because they used to live in like a guy's nose. that They lived in a homeless man or something like that. That was already creepy enough. <laughs> and I remember Ren was in bed. And he was trying to look sexy. And Stimpy looked at him and he like changed into like this shirtless man with like a tool belt. <laughs> and they like hopped I in the bed. It. And you could just see the bed moving. And I was like, what? 
<laughs> what <laughs> what am I watching? That was the first time I felt my childhood. <laughs> that is the first time, you know, exactly what you just said when I just got a little bit older. Um, because I remember being in elementary school, again, a little off topic, but um, I would go home and watch, you know, Mad TV. And I want to say Ren and Stimpy either came on before or um, after Mad TV. And it was something that you had to catch. Technically, you would have been in school, I think, at that time. Um, but you could catch it, you know, for the schools that got out of run like 2.30 um, and uh, live nearby. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I do remember my first cartoon boobs was Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> and they had cartoon titties on there? There was an episode, yes. Mm -hmm. Damn. There was an episode. I can't remember my first pair of cartoon titties. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that'd be a monumentous occasion in a young boy's life. That come to me. Cartoon titties, yes. Cartoon titties. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. Yes. What, what more could we say about these first four? That, uh, you know, I've, the nostalgia is definitely there. Mm -hmm. I feel like the nostalgia for those two shows has hasn't really happened for Doug and Rugrats. For Doug, it's kind of out of their hands. That's that's Disney's now. But I would love to see uh, not a not a reboot. I know they're working on a reboot of Rugrats. They are. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to reboot anything. Right, nobody likes reboots. <laughs> Not a, not all not everything deserves a reboot. I would prefer them to reboot all grown up before they touch Rugrat. Just let it be. Yeah, yeah. I do remember being interested in that one episode of Rugrats where they did. I don't know if they became grown up or if they were dreaming. You remember the episode? But they were all adults and they like you know had adult bodies, but still the baby. They still heads. had the baby hair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that one up because that was something I wanted to say about Rugrats. Even as a kid, if you like watched it and you kind of like just use some critical thinking, mm -hmm. you could you could learn a lot. Mm -hmm. You could learn a lot. I remember in that particular episode, they um they they said my daddy always starts his day with a cup of mud, mud, <laughs> and they're like drinking mud, and he was like, oh we're going to get fired and there was actual fire you know all the all the kids stuff but it's like oh okay mm -hmm. one that of my friends used to always use certain words like uh the rugrats and i think there was an episode episode where they were talking about a band-aid and they called it a band glade and it's so funny that you know that's what goes on when you know kids don't know words and letters and things like that so they're just repeating what they heard i when I was younger, um, the Mariah Carey song "Fantasy" uh, is '90 song, uh, "Sweet Sweet Fantasy Baby." Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I used to think she said "medicine." I didn't know this word <laughs> "fantasy." <laughs> so I used to think it was "Sweet Sweet Medicine Baby" because my mom gives me medicine. Like so, that's, that's just that yeah. mindset of a child that I'm gonna feel in this thing I don't know with the closest thing that I know. <laughs> And that probably helped you when you were sick. Most kids don't like taking medicine. Now you got this little <laughs> jingle you can sing. Right. If it was me, I wouldn't have corrected you. Yeah, sweet medicine, baby. Take this. Take your ass to bed. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, to this day, like, 
if somebody's like, hey, Chris, you want to do this or that? I'll be like, oh, you know, I got the kids. I got work. I got sponsorabilities now, you know, like. Sponsorabilities. <laughs> yes, sponsorabilities. I, <laughs> I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of, lots of uh, re- relatability in mm-hmm. Rugrats for me. Um, and then the other two were just me venturing out. I feel like I thought I was being grown watching Ren and Stimpy and things like that. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that was my perspective on it a little bit coming from that young age. Now let's like, Doug Doug was a good show, but I feel like it was made for lessons and it kind of had like to teach you more than to entertain because Doug had some good lessons. Um, You know, a lot of stuff about, self-confidence and you know admitting when you do stuff wrong and you know just the stuff that kids do growing up you know there wasn't any real fanciful element to it aside from Mm -hmm. different colored people and pork chop being one of the best cartoon dogs out there i think one of my favorite specials was when um the rich girl i think her name bb bluff mm-hmm. she was skating on the ice and pork chop saved her because the ice was about to break and she had everybody thinking that pork chop attacked her and they had pork chop muzzled up and all this stuff and trying to put the dog in jail mm-hmm. and doug he had his three personalities not, not personalities but he had his three little alter egos he would like go to he had Quail Man, like the Superman knockoff. Uh, he had his five persona, Doug Funny. And then he had another one, like Indiana Jones uh, knockoff. And they all came up with these crazy ideas of like, I'm going to break in and I'm going to save him. And like, I'm going to, you know, be a spy and do all this stuff. And then Doug was like, you know what? I'm going to handle this myself. And then he like showed up in court and he pled his case. He got them to go out there and show that the ice was about to break. And I was like, damn, he did that himself. Not one of these crazy personas in his head, but it showed him like, you know, growing up, maturing, like this is the real world. I'm going to live with my dog if I don't, you know, stop playing around. Hmm. Good take on that. Good show, y'all. It's on Hulu. Probably going to be on CBS plus Paramount plus if it's not already. It's already on CBS uh, All Access, so I'm sure they're going to make that pivot. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to these next. Oh, they had yeah, a nice little I'm run ready. after here. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. I used to love All Real Monsters. That was my that shit, was, man. That was okay. I was coherent with what this cartoon thing was. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. yes, yes, we're here. We're on this ride. These are some cartoons that are just off the wall because, you know, I was I was raised uh, in a a pretty free household in a sense of creativity and the mind and comedy and tons of things, you know, the list goes on and on. And I'm thankful for that. And um, these next ones just broke out that Pandora's box of Mm. my addictions to cartoons (laughs) and the creativity and the beauty that actually is in cartoons and the connection that, you know, us millennials have with these cartoons. Yeah, this next lineup is really kind of like their golden age. Cause this was like, this was when you could sit down and you can watch the cartoons, like you could just watch these through. 
and All Real Monster. That's a that's a good first one to go to. You had the running gag in the middle, the opening credits. The teacher would always yell something different. You kind of mm-hmm. knew what you were getting into. Um, Melblina, oh, <laughs> Ickes. Ickes. Mm-hmm. Oh, what was the what was the one who had to hold his eyes? Oh no, I can't remember his name. No, <laughs> no. I don't make me look it up. Yeah. I just remember watching that and just crumb. Mm-hmm. Why did I not know that crumb? Just knowing that this was so different and, and had no plot, had no prim- it it did each episode did, you know, there of course these swamp monsters are, you know, in a sense, uh how much of them are imaginary, how much of them are actually real. You know what I mean? In in the, the mind of a child. And I was watching the first couple episodes. It was actually interesting what they did with it. Um, they played with them in a sense that you didn't know what character you were following at first whether you were following these swamp monsters or whether you were following the kid who was seeing and switching the life, you know, with Ickes, right? In that mm-hmm. first episode. And they actually did that for two more episodes after that. So um, maybe they were just, you know, that's just the way pilots ran and they ran with whatever, you know, which one worked better. Um, but that was just so interesting for me to look back on and see and notice that, you know, why was I watching this? And did I remember about this part? But, you know, who people might have gravitated more to the little boy and some people made it gravitated more to the monsters. And actually, I felt, you know, not to dig too much into racial um, innuendos and cartoons, but I'm sure that's probably why I attached to the one that was kind of, you know, the bad, (laughs) you know what I'm trying to say? I don't... I don't know what words to even use in this case, but the difference between following this white character or these monsters. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best way I can put that. (laughs) And they kind of... um, Could be an um, analyzing thought, but... No, I I like it. It's like, who who are the real monsters? Is it Mm -hmm. the monsters or... Is it these humans? Like if you if you realize and like, it's like a lot ah, of the people real that are monsters, scared, like you, yes. who are the real monsters? Both, both are scared of each other. Both yeah. don't want to be seen by each other. <laughs> and I'm gonna throw this out. The people who created our real monsters might need they check from Disney. Why is it? Monsters Inc. and Monsters University. I would say they're different. Having monsters scare people and having the scares power that's them. Not, that's not because um, what year did um, Nightmare Before Christmas come out? And you know, stories of the boogeyman, and you know, you'd have to really trace that back. I don't, I don't think, I don't. Think but using the scaring as like using the as scaring like as the like, rites of passage. No, they used it to like power them. Like if they didn't like, that's why they scared people. That's why they had like this whole school set up. You're right. Okay, I didn't think about that. You're right. Like You're this right. was I about the professor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was one of the later. Like this show was pretty dark too. Like one it, of the, it is, and which is probably another reason why I liked it. <laughs> one of the later episodes revealed that the reason that they scare people is to live, and there was like this big pit 
and the only person that knew about it was the professor. And basically, if there were no more screams, all the monsters would die. Yeah. Yeah. So and they did take that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I follow. <laughs> like, it's even like, it's one thing to like, and Monsters Inc., they were like, oh, we're not going to have a power source. Oh, let's change it to laughs. And monsters, and, and our real monsters, they would die. Like, <laughs> that, that's how they live. They would die. Yeah. Hmm. When you put it like that. But then it wasn't two more years until um, Hey Arnold and Kablam. Kablam was my fault. Kablam was my shit. I feel like Hey Arnold was kind of like that replacement for Doug. Mm-hmm. I agree. Same, was, same type of premise. <laughs> same type of premise. Arnold might have had some, he had some better adventures. Like his room, first of all, like I fucks with Doug, but Arnold's room was like goals. Oh, yeah. I always wanted a moon roof, sky roof, whatever you want to call it. He had a little fold-out bed. He had the little closet. Hey, Arnold. Hey, mm-hmm. Arnold. <laughs> cool kid to be uh, to be poor. Well, not even be poor. Is he, was he poor? <laughs> what is poor when you're a kid? I mean, um, hey, his grandparents, they was collecting rent. They were. They were. <laughs> I remember one episode, they sent Arnold out. And he met all the neighbors, him and Gerald. Mm-hmm. And he even had his own black friend. Look at that. <laughs> definitely yeah no kablam was m- one of my favorites probably next to maybe uh, no it's hard to really pick a favorite but kablam would definitely be up there because i just enjoyed the it's probably why i got into mad tv the, yeah the that skits, sketch comedy like the ske- yeah there you go sketch variety comedy. so much variety yes, you didn't know yes. what you were going to get and short and you know for people's minds that just kind of move um let's just let's just what what was your favorite well let's let's talk about the main characters first um who were the hosts you know what's funny i who i was trying to find this to rewatch, um but i couldn't really because you know it's all sketch comedy um so i don't remember was it a host i just remember it just being all over the place because sometimes you know the action figures would talk to you like they were the host and i don't know yeah because it it started it off figures? it was it was henry in june henry was the god damn let me pull them up y'all can't see but she can so henry and june they were pretty much the host because if you remember back Henry and June would have their own adventures going on and they would always cut and then it would be like we're gonna go watch Sniz and Fondue or y'all watch Sniz and Fondue yes 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 okay I do recall so they were like um like they knew they were like part of a cartoon yes oh yeah 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 okay 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 I do remember them. They they were the the hosts of the show. Yeah, they were the hosts, and I I like their dynamic. I I yeah, felt I like it was you. good to have like a boy and girl, and for them to like just be friends. Because you really didn't see a lot. Was that, that a boy and girl? Yeah, Henry and June, boy and a girl. Why did I not register that that was a girl? She's pretty tomboyish, which is another thing I like. 
Like, look at her. She's these are hipsters. Henry looks like Donald Glover. I guess it is a girl. I always wonder why she got that little lump in her head. That's a ponytail. That <laughs> <laughs> a lump. I get it. Okay. <laughs> she had like one of those raspy voices, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I never know. You learn something every day. Yeah, you know. And um, yeah, so what what was your favorite your favorite little 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 sketch they had on there? Prometheus and Bob by far one of my favorite just comedy uh, gold, silent comedy cold silent that was that old school shit like that like um kind of like some three stooges type mm-hmm. comedy i remember they had the monkey too the monkey down there the smartest one there he had all the fun the monkey was the smartest one there the monkey <laughs> the, the you had you had and i think it just kind of represents um, it's probably a Freudian thing, I'm sure, at some point. But um, you know, the alien was this overthinking being over because Earth is much sim- much more simple. So it makes me wonder the argument of where did humans come from too? Another conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we derive, we were derived from monkeys, but why would it be a dumbing down? Because technically, animals are the most in- most naturally intelligent like i'm talking about instinctually like connected to the earth and we technically aren't so of course we are the the dumb ones in a sense and the cavemen i feel and like there was a, that overthinking that uh alien i feel like there was an episode where prometheus tried to like evolve bob and he ended up evolving the monkey <laughs> i might be making that up but i i feel like i remember that it sounds familiar <laughs> Like, Prometheus and Bob, they could have had their own show. I feel like that was a, a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like, even without them talking. And that was just, like, even a different type of animation. That was another thing I liked about Kablam. It's, like, they only had, like, one or two shows that was really, like, a cartoon. Everything else was, like, some type of live action or stop motion like Prometheus and Bob that was stop motion they had like the clay figures and stuff yeah I was just thinking claymation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think my favorite one was actually now that's because of my love for superheroes and I remember watching the show like okay this is the day they're going to be actual heroes and they're going to get something done and they were just very bad at their jobs but I I still liked it I loved the uh, just the realness of action of the of just the whole thing of it. Just the the fact that when they would fly, it would look like they tossed this doll, which is the kid. <laughs> that they tossed this doll and recorded it across the room, <laughs> and that was them flying. You know what I mean? Just very creative, very out of the box type of ideas. They used to ride around like strapped to this remote control car. Like that's <laughs> yes. a show that you can make with your friend. Like that. They'd go swimming in uh, the the sink, the kitchen sinks, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Or oh, the the backyard pool? Maybe I can't remember. But <laughs> I'm stinky diver. Used to always be in that damn toilet. <laughs> yes. Better yes. be in that toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Milkman with the power to melt. Yes. 
I remember one of my favorite episodes. I don't know why, but like Meltman grew and it was just like a dude in this giant melted man outfit running around playing with toys. And I was like, wow, that's that's trippy. That's wild. <laughs> what am I watching? But I loved right? it. And at a point, it's like, what am I watching? <laughs> and did you notice that the villain was the mayor? <laughs> no. <laughs> the villain was the mayor. You know what's funny? In all of these uh, Kablam sketches, I don't remember villains. Like, I don't remember any notable villains. The the mayor was the villain in um, uh, Action League now. Uh, Life with Loopy, she had, like, that was, like, very random stuff. Life with Loopy, I like that one just because I would like to see what kind of shenanigans she got into. Again, it had some cool animation and it was a, it was her brother telling the story all the time. And I always thought that was interesting because you you got it from like her perspective because he would always be like, oh, Loopy's crazy. But we we saw it as Loopy would see it. You know, like when the fish got flushed down the toilet, he came back all swole and shit. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you guys remember Sniz and Fondue, but I feel like that's another show yes. that could have been they were black. like its own thing. It was... <laughs> it, that that is that's that is that's, that's 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 um Mordecai and Rigby. Like that yes. is all Mordecai and Rigby. I didn't Sniz think about Fondue. that. Great connection. Like we've we've been having like this like relationship with like a, a type of character for so long where it's like they're adults but they act like kids and you don't see them like burdened with the responsibilities of being an adult but you know what's beautiful about that though um I've always felt like I've always, and of course it's so stupid to say, but I'm sure people will resonate with, I've always felt like me. It's like when people tell you, you know, or ask you at a, on a birthday, do you feel whatever next age over and you, how do you feel? How does it feel being this one year older? And you're just like, eh, it mm -hmm. feels the same. I still feel like me. So when I watch, you know, Sniz and Fondue, and now that you made the connection to Rick and Morty, um, it's interesting, like, you're always a kid, you're, you're always going to have that creative mindset. It's the numbing and dumbing of that, of that childlike exploration and just curiosity and comedy, you know what I mean, that, that really continues in our life. And that's what I love about Rick, too. Like, you know what I mean? Of course, uh, now an adult who can do dangerous things like drink and do drugs and <laughs> all these other things but that's beyond the point he still lives this childlike creativity that doesn't go away and that's the best thing about you know millennials still watching these cartoons I think that's what resonates greatly it it remembers it allows us nostalgia allows us to remember at least what we once were in a, in a time that we were free we weren't bogged down with life you know mm -hmm. like life. Finn, rick and morty finn and jake um mordecai and rigby it's good to just get like that good dynamic 
you know, you get older, you don't talk to your friend from high school, you don't talk to your friend from college that much. You watch these shows and you think, you know, maybe let me give them a call. It it keeps you it keeps you grounded. You know, it helps humanize us in a way to relate to these fictional characters. And we, we spent a lot of time on the characters for Kablam before we go on to these sibling shows that came out. See there? Mm-hmm. Sibling shows. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Spin about some, <laughs> some of the um the characters in Hey Arnold. Because what I loved about that is it really showed like a community. It was really about everyone in that neighborhood because you had the teachers were important characters the people who worked in the city were important you had mr green and his meats you had the mailman you had all the people that lived in um uncle uh his granddad's building it was it was a large cast large diverse cast of of characters they they even had two asian characters that weren't even related and Phoebe and Mr. Wynn. Yeah, I, hey, Arnold was just, and you know, it's, it doesn't, like, I do remember watching, I do remember being tuned in. Um, I don't remember having a deep connection with Hey Arnold, um, but that's not to say that it isn't, it isn't a great cartoon. Um, it just was a mirror image, I'm sure, of New York. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not being from New York doesn't mean that I didn't notice or, didn't I don't know get those same type of lessons and same type of messages um but that like you said having this this many characters you know what I mean I resonated more with shows that um you know another one on our list that we'll talk about later you know Angry Beavers you know Mm. it was just me and my brother so I loved these these two person like two main character type of shows you know what I mean um and hey Arnold was great not saying it's bad I think I probably was picked on a lot because I had a unibrow and I was (laughs) I'm being salty um but no I I did enjoy hey Arnold for the most part it just wasn't a big part of Uh, understandable Mm -hmm. you know but it's another one that got pulled on the nostalgia strings. We got a movie a couple of years ago. Of course. You know, I still haven't watched it just because I just, I don't know. I kind of like the mystery. I kind of like the mystery. But moving on to these next two shows, we got a pair of shows about some brothers. <laughs> Angry Beavers and Cat Dog. Yes. You know, it's funny about Cat Dog too. Um, I didn't realize it came out in '98. I do remember being like, "What is this?" Like, <laughs> I think I was like at like at a limit of cartoons because it's just a new thing. It's like an overload of all the things that just happened. I didn't think it was a real show. Yeah, I was, like, <laughs> I was like Nickelodeon's just playing. Like this is like a bunk because they were orange and shit too. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, this isn't real. And then. But I will say one day it clicked. <laughs> hey. One day it clicked and it was a pretty good show. <laughs> and you know, like you look at these two shows and they're, they're shows about brothers, mm-hmm. shows about about siblings. And the, the two are so similar and so different. Like it's four type of people 
but each one has their opposite. Mm-hmm. Like Nor was cool, calm, collected for the most of the time. And then Daggett. <laughs> That's like Sean and Marlon Wayans to me. Yes, which is probably <laughs> why I really like it. Because <laughs> Daggett used to be spazzing, bro, all yes. the time. And I thought that type of comedy was hilarious. That was honestly, Daggett was probably the first time I had that type of comedy, that type of just screaming and it being hilarious. <laughs> like all you're doing is screaming <laughs> and it's so funny. <laughs> that was the first time I'd ever seen that and I'm sure I've attached onto it which is why I like Marlon Wayne so much just that screaming <laughs> it's hilarious even even them um even that show had like a nice cast uh Norbert had an on again off again girlfriend they had this cool ass <laughs> bear they used to hang out with yes, yes um they had stump who was just a stump with a face yes. <laughs> it just showed up <laughs> come on stump <laughs> <laughs> yes and they um yeah then you had cat dog also opposites but similar but stuck together. right i was like okay this is uh, a little interesting okay i'm listening nick and and i think uh i had just moved to florida from texas and i remember we had to give up our dog and mm. i do remember having an attachment to dog like I was like this is like it's just mm. a dope character <laughs> nerf nerf yeah just a dope free and you know it's right on the head you know the way that this comedy becomes uh relatable because they're so close to a cat and dog and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean I I didn't have pets growing up so this is how I looked at it and I was like Oh, it didn't click to me like cat acted like a cat and dog acted like a dog mm-hmm. until I put together why Winslow was a rat. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, Winslow is a sneaky little motherfucker. You can't really yes. trust Winslow. He's there, free rent. Come well, on. I mean, I think they paid him a little bit. Or did he t- collect rent? <laughs> Listen, if you live in a bone and a fish, what the hell a, a rat <laughs> gonna be doing? Hey, there were some episodes about rent. They they definitely pushed rent in uh in a lot of different sh- like Angry Beavers too. They they talked about rent being like I think that was the first time I had. You should. They built their house in Angry Beavers. Remember that was the whole point of the pilot. Are you sure? Because I do remember them arguing over in an episode about rent. Am I? I don't know. I know they built their house because in the pilot. Because I remember they had to go back to their mom's house one episode. Did the house break? The house might have oh, broke. Maybe that's what happened. Okay. Because they got kicked out the house the first episode. Because remember, they had the little yeah. sisters were born. And they yeah. were like, oh, y'all got to get the fuck up out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember, yeah, them having to go back to their mom's house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of parents, cat dog, that special when you met their parents. That one, I don't recall that one. I'm that sure one I've was, seen it. That one was touching. I can't remember how they got tipped off, but basically, they went through all this stuff, found out that their mom is an abominable snowman <laughs> and their dad is a frog. <laughs> and they found them and raised them when they were babies. And then I the might storm, not have been accepting of this episode, so I blocked it out. <laughs> man. Because you wanted to know like where they really came from. Mm-hmm. 
It's like you brought like they still never explained how cat doll went to the bathroom. That was like a running joke. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I need to know these things. These things aren't adding up and you're messing with my childlike mind. <laughs> and I remember one episode that really fucked me up. They had they put out uh because they wanted to do a family reunion. And these con men showed up pretending to be a cat dog. <laughs> and then at the end, you found out that it wasn't cat dog. And, you know, they were all hurt. Like, you know, maybe we'll never find any family like this, but we have each other. And at the end of that episode, a bus pulled up full of cat dogs. And it was like, oh, I guess they're not having it this year. And it drove away. I'm like, bro, y'all can't do that. Like, that's not funny. <laughs> that's life. I wanted to see more cat dogs. I wanted that for them. That's life, but sometimes, sometimes it's not about fitting in. It's about standing out. It's not, and that's why I really like that episode where they found their parents because it might not have been where they came from, but they raised them. They loved them when they went missing. Like they searched everywhere for them. Like that's that's what being a parent is. You know, like the 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 blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb mm -hmm. so it's those bonds you make with people being stronger than that that blood tie and i felt that that was touching yeah yeah it's deep deep so for, I, for a nickelodeon show yeah <laughs> So I uh, I admit I had to look up oh yeah cartoons because I was like what is oh, that yeah, and then, cartoons and then I noticed that it's just a group of spin spinoffs mm -hmm. like that's where you know Fairly Odd Parents originated in Chalk Zone and stuff yeah so, it's um if you watch Cartoon Network it's pretty much like what a cartoon or um uh, cartoon cartoons basically. It's a, it, was a, it was a chance for young up-and-coming animators to get their start. And as you mentioned, that mm. brought along two, two mainstays in Chalk Zone and Fairly Odd Parents. Both had pretty long run time. And another one that's uh, later in the 2000s, uh, My Life as a Teenage Robot or 2000s. That did start on there, that didn't it? That was another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had some. Yeah, yeah. Good old Bush, he he gave a lot. He's still very active on YouTube. He like draws and like says what he would do to continue some of the shows and stuff. So that's always fun to see. Mm -hmm. And um, Wild Thornberries and Rocket Power. I feel like those two, I remember them for two very different reasons. I feel like if you were a kid, you kind of felt in, fell into one or the other. Like if you're one of the outside kids playing sports, riding bikes, you are all in on rocket power. If you were more like somebody who likes to read, a little bit nerdy, you fell in with Wild Thornberry. I disagree. I disagree. Really? <laughs> I totally disagree because I was totally into pretty much the next lineup of, and I'll tell you, you know, really quickly, um, Wild Thornberry's Rocket Power as told by Ginger, Invader Zim, Fairly Odd Parents, Chalk Zone, and Jimmy Neutron. Um, I was all in for all of them and it allowed me to be 
the multifaceted person that I am. Um, because my dad grew up, I mean, my dad grew up, I grew up in the military, my dad was in the military. So while Thornberries resonated really deeply with me, because I mm, the traveling, things like that, and traveling and had an interest for animals. And, you know, and like you said, you you got it on the head for reading books, I did like to read books and things like that, too. Um, but then when I moved to Florida, I grew up with all boys. And so I fit, I resonated with Reggie really deeply in Rocky mm. Power, being the only girl of a group. Um, and, you know, we're all riding bikes and playing these really, you know, tougher games, uh, you know, as a child can that we I just, normally wouldn't have played. Can we just interlude and talk about how innovative Reggie was to have a, her own magazine? Yes. No, I was looking at that and I was like the the boom of uh, uh, laptops, like they were talking about their laptop, her and Sam on that first episode. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's think about the people that are in magazine now that, you know, at that age, having a laptop that was an interest or anybody, you know what I mean? Um, now we're, we're in the age of pretty much anybody selling anything anywhere on the internet. Um, you probably got to exercise that when you got your first piece of technology in a sense, or at least got a taste of the possibility of what this thing could do. And yeah, she was dope. She was definitely dope, definitely a, a pivotal character for the show and the leader, the oldest. And yeah. Um, and then as told by Ginger, I wanted to say that I rewatched this one and it triggered me. <laughs> <laughs> I rewatched this one because I do remember um, they came on Sunday nights and I always had girl drama mm. in elementary school. I always had girl drama. And so watching As Told by Ginger, I remember watching Sunday nights, like give me a message to handle my bullying at <laughs> that I'm gonna have in the morning on Monday. And of course it never gave me an answer or anything like that, but um, watching it made me think about how anxious I was about going to school the next day. So all of these pretty much resonated well with me. Invader Zim, I just like off the wall comedy, of course. And another dark show. And dark stuff, I, I like dark stuff. That was a dark <laughs> show as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, Wild Thornberry, you learned a lot watching that show about the animals. You know, I can't remember anything off the top of my head. It's been how many years? Whew. 98. Since it ended almost, what, 18 years ago? Mm -hmm. I used to play, they, you know, this is when, of course, the boom of technology again. Um, when I had computer class in elementary school, uh, I would, you know, they would give us free time on the computers and I would go to nick.com and play Wild Thornberries and they had this game where you uh, like keep the animals and of course you got to feed kind of like Sims and all that other stuff mm -hmm. that's, that's still uh, Animal Crossing, I'm sure all that Facebook crap. Um, <laughs> where you just, Farmville. <laughs> yeah, Farmville, <laughs> there it is, um, where you just uh, tend to these animals and so you create an account and so... Yeah, no, uh, Nickelodeon was dope for having the online games. Like, mm. shout out to that. Um, being able to keep us addicted and connected while still at school. <laughs> yeah. Who was who your favorite character in Wild Thornberries? Um, definitely either Darwin or Debbie. 
mostly Debbie because you know she has style like that was the style that I wanted to have I was like you know when I'm gonna be a teenager she really didn't want to be baggy yeah (laughs) (laughs) she really did not want to be there their mom (laughs) their mom was underrated because she was about that action she was the badass she were she was she was um Nigel was uh some he had his time some episodes but for the most part was pretty helpless without her so for Nigel it would be surprising when he like I don't know like because you know he's smart but I feel like his surprise moments came with like his intellect whereas like their mom would be like in some full survival mode type shit Mm -hmm. like mama got shit done that's mom's though that's mom's for you I fucked with Donnie Donnie was wild Donnie yeah Donnie was wild yeah Donnie was wild and he probably had one of the saddest backstories in Nickelodeon too I don't even want to get into that (laughs) uh Rocket Power you already said your favorite was Reggie I fucked with Squid and Twister personally Twister Twister's funny they were funny I feel like they were the funny ones you know I feel like like Otto always has some drama around him, <laughs> but you know, and uh, I remember Twister's little cousin. He's always calling Maurice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. As told by Ginger, I remember probably my favorite episode was when Darren got his 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 face thing off, mm-hmm. and all the oh, girls yeah, wanted him. <laughs> and I was like, "Damn, I wonder what's gonna happen." And it was just off, and that was like one of the first times, like in a cartoon, when somebody changed. Uh and it didn't go back. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And I was like, "Hmm." So I was like, his teeth gonna get fucked up again? Or <laughs> right, right, like, right. Oh, like, oh no, well, this nigga's pretty. The inner retainer, the one that goes inside. Mm. And I would compare that to like um I had the same feeling with um different 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 network, but in sister sister when Roger um when girls started thinking Roger was cute. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like, oh, you know, back then it didn't want them not out all on them. Mm-hmm. Where it kind of started. Steve Urkel too. Mm, yeah. Stefan. Yeah. Stefan. But yeah. Um but yeah, I, I had neighbors that reminded me of Ginger and Carl, literally <laughs> spot on. Like, so I resonated with it because I was like, they, these people really do exist. These out off the wall, you know, little white boys <laughs> exist. And their mom was a good ass mom too. Yeah, she was. She did very, what she had to do. Solid family. Single mom I'm working with a hormonal daughter and a crazy ass little boy. She held shit down. <laughs> yeah it was so interesting to watch that one again out of all the ones that I probably rewatched um definitely touching, <laughs> touching of, some areas out of all of these invaders and would be the one that I would probably want to rewatch of the ones we talked about now that I feel like they were probably you said invaders of, them? yeah I feel like there were probably a lot of stuff that went over my head when I was younger that I would definitely catch now did you watch, because uh, I love Invader Zim, did you watch, um, they the did movie? a reboot episode on, yeah, a movie on um, Netflix, maybe like 2018? No, nah, I haven't watched that one yet either. 
So that's what I wanted to also mention to you is just, I think it's really cool how they are doing different type of reboot reboots like the rock of modern life one yeah that and um i enjoyed it um and how it's they are making it of course this is what you do with cartoons you make it relevant to the times but again it's something that reflects and resonates with millennials a little bit different i feel like you know maybe it's because i'm not anybody else and i feel that way who knows um but i do feel like because it was so ingrained in us and we watched these things religiously making something now and you know reflecting it to the times just touches a different space and you know i felt that way rewatching or not rewatching watching for the first time the new animaniacs on mm-hmm. definitely dope concept i i loved it back then and they made it very relevant to like history and there were some episodes you know that were um, about history and of course I'm learning these things in school so you know it's making it a correlation for me in my mind to also enjoy the things that I'm learning you know to to be comical about the things I'm learning and then now I look at it now as that reflection of don't take all this you know life stuff too serious because there's comedy behind that too Mm, definitely real good points with animaniac we gotta talk about that when we do a saturday morning show definitely i I learned about different countries i learned about presidents Mm -hmm. i learned my states from animaniacs like yep yeah well good shit and now we get to period of nickelodeon but before we get to this hear the words from our sponsor Welcome back to the Nerding with Friends podcast. I'm your co-host, C-Row Money Money, that's C-R-O double dollar sign. Joined with my friend Nicole here. We're about to wrap up our Nickelodeon rundown recap, 90s and early 2000s TV shows. We got into Invader Zim, mm-hmm. which came out in 2001, but we're going to have to take it back two more years and talk about Nickelodeon's goat. You call it the goat? Numbers don't. don't no, num- unless you're talking about SpongeBob. I'm talking about SpongeBob. Oh, numbers, okay, okay, okay. Numbers don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure. Numbers don't lie. And SpongeBob is definitely holding this network afloat. And to think that it came out like. I think I was what 1999. Man, I'm bad at math. 99. Okay, I seven. Yeah. I like seven. Seven when it came out. I feel like that doesn't feel right, but yeah, seven. That doesn't feel right, but it's got to be right. Again, it doesn't feel right. Lie. Yeah. I feel like I was older, but I wasn't. Yeah, seven years old when SpongeBob came up. My oldest is about to be seven years old this year, and I'm like, wow, SpongeBob's still on. For your listeners, uh, I had to snatch my phone up real quick because that doesn't feel right. Of course, I need to stop going on Wikipedia. That would be step one. Yeah, I want to say what, May 1999? 
I remember it was a big thing. It might have came yeah, out in 1999, May 1st, 1999. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that was a big deal. I remember the first episode when he was. I do uh, remember the first episode like it was yesterday. Blowing them bubbles. Mm-mm. Oh no, that was a part of it. Remember, it was it was him working at the Krusty Krab. Oh yes, yes, yes. There was like three of them on that mm-hmm. first episode, right? There was a Krusty Krab. It was blowing the bubbles. And I think the last over? one. No, I don't think so. I thought the last one was him meeting Sandy. I always remember that when in doubt, pinky out. Mm-hmm. Remember Patrick? Patrick wasn't always so stupid, or at least SpongeBob he... didn't think he was stupid. SpongeBob. No, I'm right. Used... The first episode was the leaf blower. Right. Um, help wanted reef blowers and tea at the tree dome. The bubble stand and ripped pants was the second episode. Oh, the bubble stand was the second one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that first one. Like, and yeah, that's... No, no, Patrick was just real practical information, just dumbed down, but it was not somewhat philosophical at times, but also just very air minded. And I feel like that kind of reflected his, in his personality. Like, he lived under a rock, he was very simplistic. You know, especially living next to Squidward and SpongeBob, who have these luxurious homes. And in, in relation, yeah, definitely. And they live by themselves. Like, they don't need all this. Mm-hmm. Patrick's like, hey, give me a rock. All I need is a Bed, rock. lamp, straight. Yeah. Yeah, simple living. Um, but definitely a, a wonderful cartoon. Like I said, uh, everybody, Chris didn't necessarily agree with me, but, but there is a lesson in every single SpongeBob episode. <laughs> All right, what's the lesson in the leaf blower episode? Oh my gosh, let's not get started. Okay. So, I mean, it's so, it's so, first of all, it's so, I, I'm sure there's a word for it in like cinematic terms or whatever, but when you, it's just re- very relatable about like, I don't know, I remember being young and learning to clean something for the first time and making all these mistakes and, you know what I mean? And fighting these machines and in a sense that this machine's going to do what it wants. And then these leaves are also going to do whatever the fuck, well, not, yeah, my my case would be raking leaves. SpongeBob's was, uh, what was it, shells? Or mm-hmm. just sand? It was the shells. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> um blowing uh all of that and you know what I mean so it just was a experience in the first person I think maybe that was the episode not having any words to it that gave it that feel um just very it reminded me of our what's his name Charlie Chaplin or Mm, okay um you know what I mean like silent it was like a silent I'm sure that's not or, the first time SpongeBob's can been compared to Charlie Chaplin, but yeah, 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 right. Um, and just <laughs> doing these, just I don't know. Th- that's how comedy kind of was back. You know, I Love Lucy, mm-hmm. that silent, um, making these mistakes and then trying to fix that mistake, and it becomes a bigger mistake. And <laughs> and it's really evolved if you look from what SpongeBob started as to what it is now. You know, like. I feel like the characters progressively got dumber. Like, yeah. But it's not like a bad dumb. It's like, you know, I wouldn't want, at the end of the day, these are all sea animals. 
Like they're all happy. <laughs> I haven't seen anybody homeless for too long. Like they're living good lives. I don't know if Mr. Krabs like pays these people more than what a normal fry cook and cashier make. I mean, probably the cost of living is low. <laughs> yeah, I remember Squidward about to move into, remember he moved into that gated community? Yeah, with the quickness. And let's not talk about how dope SpongeBob house was with the library. That uh, episode with the jellyfish. Hey, them boys got down. <laughs> was a, SpongeBob has some bangers too. Banger. When Big Larry came out just to put him down. SpongeBob turned into a clown, and no girl ever wants to dance with the fool who went and ripped his pants. I know I shouldn't mummer and I shouldn't curse, but the pain feels so much worse. Because winding up with no one one is a lot less less fun than a burn from the sun. Or sending your buns. Word. Man. Good yes. times. We could spend here all we could we could spend the rest of the night I, talking about SpongeBob. He, he, he might deserve his own show. Let's let's get down to a show that's deserving of our praise in Chalk Zone. I feel like Chalk Zone doesn't get talked about enough, but I remember being very excited hearing that theme song kick off. Like the theme song got you excited. Mm-hmm. To watch Chalk Zone. Rudy's got the chalk. Chalk, like, chalk, like chalk what? Zone. Oh well, shit! They yelling chalk, at me. All right. Chalk, chalk, chalk. That was like that was uh, low key uh, Walker. Hey, chalk, chalk. I would love to hear him do a cover. I actually would like that. Make it happen. Walk a flock of Chalk Zone. Rudy flocker to booty. Hey. Yeah, that was, it kind of reminded me of like a, a Rugrats, you know, the the voice is, um, I believe it was either, yeah, I think Rudy's voice was the voice of Tommy Pickles in uh, EG Daily. It's so interesting to, I'm glad you brought that up, um, look back at these cartoons and hear the voices like, you know, Susie and Susie's voice was so versatile like I couldn't even begin to you know maybe if I look it up but um couldn't even begin to tell you all the characters that whoever Susie's voice was I think that's Frankie from um different world Cree Summers oh shit yeah and she is she's like like we that could be its own show too like if you look at all the black voice actors there are like her uh, Phil Lamar. God damn, I can't think about his name. Oh, she Kevin Michael. Um, mm-hmm. She was in, she was an Inspector Gadget number Kids five. Mm-hmm. Clifford it's, the Big Red Dog. <laughs> yeah, she's got a she's got a All large catalog. Up. Yeah, she was still the same voice. Um, the girl from uh, Lost City of Atlanta's. The move that was her too. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, no, she got a uh, range. Yeah, Chalk Zone, definitely a show that many people don't bring up. It doesn't get talked about. Damn good show. Damn good show. 
I just wish it might have had a longer runtime. And what chalks them? Yeah, it didn't explain much, but I feel like I like that about it. There's yeah, some I was magic. Just ask you what was there to explain? <laughs> like the magic chalk, like it's all about that it, imagination. Where it came from, man. He went in. There, there was a magic chalk mine inside of Chalk Zone. I don't know. It's just a good show. I don't know what else to say about it. Mm-hmm. You know what's um again rewatching a lot of these um I rem- I watched the first episode of them and for some reason meeting these characters for the first time in a first episode I had already felt like I knew them and then when I ended up looking at some of the commercials um Nickelodeon did a really really good job of getting you to get to know these characters through the commercials before the show dropped mm. you know what i'm saying like, like the little bumps and stuff they did where like they kind of break the fourth wall yes 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 and and they're drawing nickelodeon or interacting with nick um ends or you know what i mean mm-hmm. or talking to you like you said um talking to the viewer um but they did a really good job at that um and getting us you know hooked on these cartoons definitely and I think the a, another great example of that would be these last two shows, Jimmy Neutron and Fairly Odd Parents. Especially when it comes to Fairly Odd Parents, I remember Butch Hartman being on there, like we were talking about earlier, showing me how to draw Cosmo. Mm-hmm. You know, and I do remember that. I remember that's how I knew how to draw draw SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. One of those episodes, um, one of those commercials. And it was mm-hmm. just like the two shows. Very different, but very similar. I think they had one of the best crossovers I've ever seen growing up between those three different ones that they had. Like the shows had great chemistry, like great storylines, great villains. You know, uh, Professor Finbar Calamitous who never finished anything. <laughs> Denzel Crocker, fairly odd parent, fairy god parents. You know, Jorgen, Jorgen von Strangle. <laughs> a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff in there you remember. Like people, people ask me questions and they'll be like, how'd you know that? Or where'd you get that? I'd be like, internet. <laughs> and Timmy used to say that every time his fairies would mm-hmm. wish something, his parents would be like, where'd you get this, 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 this hot tub? Mm-hmm. Mm, internet? <laughs> no, like, oh, okay, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, that's what's going on, I guess. <laughs> His parents were hilarious too. They were like so very distant, but you could still care that, still tell that they cared about him. But it's like, come on, like Vic, Vicky a bitch. Like you gotta realize Vicky, Vicky a bitch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, babysitters. You talk, I, mean, I, was, I mean, you talk about villains. Vicky was evil. <laughs> Vicky might Vicky be hormonal. First of all, Vicky was very, very hormonal. Vicky, was, I don't know why they, her parents, his parents would have gave her a job. <laughs> I don't understand how multiple people gave her a job. Her parents were afraid of her. Remember, her her sister had did the worst that she go torture Timmy and then come home and, and ruin her life. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, she ain't getting no fairies. 
Icky Vicky, so so icky. Just the thought of thinking about you makes me oh so sicky. Icky. More bangers too. My shiny teeth in me, shiny teeth, shiny teeth. <laughs> Chips, Skylark. Yeah. Uh, shout out to what? What's his name? Chris. I think his name's Chris from uh, NC. Was Chris, that him? Chris, not Chris Kirkpatrick. Was that him? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna fact check, fact check myself, but <laughs> Jimmy Neutron, always good to see some education out there. I'm not gonna say like watch Jimmy Neutron yeah, is gonna make you smarter, but you know, it was good to have more of a scientific show out there. Like there were little nuggets to pick on, like Goddard, and it was, it was you know based in Goddard is right. Enlighten, enlighten us. Do you know though? Nah, go ahead, enlighten me. Um, I mean, he's a philosopher. Um, kind of along the lines of uh, discussions of law of attraction, manifestation, and um how just your reality your environment is your inner pushed outer hmm. um but yeah i i was re-watching jimmy neutron too and of course i didn't know who neville goddard was or that goddard i just know i've never heard this word before or this name before um but now that i do re-watching it it's interesting that it's the dog's name <laughs> you, ever, you ever did a brain blast before an exam uh it sounds familiar can you uh what is that just he takes that second and like <laughs> that's what he he'd just be like brain blast and he starts <laughs> thinking real hard you see like the neutrons and like it go on his brain yeah 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 no i've never done that <laughs> oh man <laughs> uh, and another thing um about the show was it libby libby mm-hmm was that was that the black girl? That was the black girl, right? Libby and um Cindy. Cindy was the white girl. Mm-hmm. Libby was the black girl. She's another character, like um uh the guy from F Told by Ginger. I remember that episode where they went to Egypt and she used to have like she got the hair that like covered like half her face, or whatever. They went to Egypt and one of the the the, the pharaohs looked like her and they had to like trick the mummies to get out and they did her hair they gave her the the braids and she was like you know what i like this look i'm gonna keep it and she kept it and i was like look at that showing black people hair using your cgi to, <laughs> to, to show like some some ethnic some ethnicity mm-hmm. it's the little things damn yeah. you all right over there yeah, I hit my elbow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I was watching uh, Jimmy Neutron and noticed the, you know, I always had seen uh, Cindy as the villain um, mm-hmm. in a sense, but then I went back to rewatch it and I'm like, oh, no, she's not. She's no, they, not. They're just, they're, they're just, just kids. Two, yeah, they're just two kids that are fighting for that too. Excuse me. No, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> Maybe another time. But two kids fighting for that spot, fighting for that that top spot of the pyramid. And there's also some tension between the two, some romantic tension, oh, you know. Like, very much so. You know, I still remember when when Timmy came around, you know, my boy Jimmy was a little little scared to lose his boo thing, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because they had been arguing all that time. So it's what's up now. <laughs> I'm gonna give an honorable mention to my life as a teenage robot, Danny Phantom, and uh, of course Avatar. Uh, we've already done the Avatar show. There's so much to talk about with Avatar. Would love to talk more, talk about Avatar with you because I feel like that is probably the greatest animated original animated tv show like not based off a comic not based off of a book just original story i think it might be the best thing to ever be created yeah a lot of people are telling me you know now that i'm you know making my own spiritual journey um avatar is one of those ones that will touch a little bit close to the things that i am reading about definitely Um, mm -hmm, so I'm excited to dive into that. Yeah, so this has been our 90s, early 2000s recap for Nickelodeon. Stay tuned. uh, Stick around. We're going to go into Disney next. That's a quite a mighty large repertoire. So can I give can I give a a wrap up? Sorry to cut you off, but I remember that I really wanted to say this and this would be a good wrap up. now that we've done Nick, and I know the other two are coming, Disney and Cartoon Network, um, what is your prediction for the best of the best? The best of the best, the creme de la creme. Creme de la creme. Of these three? Yes. When it comes to like nostalgia and the feels. It's a tough one between Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network, but I might give the edge to Nickelodeon just because it was around longer. <laughs> I might just have to give it to them. If like I get if I talk about learning something, then yeah, Nickelodeon has it. But I had went through a spree of I don't want to learn nothing in a cartoon. So I went to Cartoon Network. <laughs> And so a lot of these things that I couldn't touch on with you is because I was at Cartoon Network in Samaras. (laughs) Listen, if you just want to laugh, Cartoon Network is where it's at. If you wanted to have fun, be a kid, turn your mind off, (laughs) Cartoon Network was where it's at. And -hmm. Cartoon Network, I'm going to stop. Yes. It's it's time for Nickelodeon to get his flowers. We gave Nickelodeon their flowers right now while they're still around. I fuck with Nickelodeon. Yeah. Still going, still, still hanging on. As long as they got SpongeBob, they're gonna be all right. Uh, <laughs> SpongeBob ain't going who nowhere. Nickelodeon ain't going nowhere. Right. Uh Rugrats handed off that baton and SpongeBob took off. Mm-hmm. Tommy Pickles crawled so uh SpongeBob can ride his 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 bike. <laughs> That motherfucker still ain't got no license. Ain't gonna get it. Ain't gonna get it. And uh, doesn't really need it, so. Right. <laughs> I think you've got this far, Spongebob. They, they've got a really good public transportation right. system in Bikini Bottom. Everybody <laughs> clearly knows you. <laughs> so you can get a ride if you need it. Uh, yeah. Any any final remarks? Or? Nah. I, I think that was, that was a good... We'll recap of early Nickelodeon, the start and the boom. Yeah, definitely. 
when you turn the TVs on, you get it on and popping. Next next week, uh, whenever we get it, get back again, we're gonna go over to Disney, move up from 34 to 35. Well, until next time, it's been me, your boy, C Row Money Money. That's C dot R O double dollar sign. Thank you again for joining me, Nicole. Of course. It was my pleasure. And we out. Peace. Thank you.